Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is that time of the week again. It is the best time of the week, in fact. Welcome into the Believe in NBA Prospects show. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. Across me, as always, is Michael Maxey. We are the tanking support group where it is just fine to win 11 games a year if you can end up with someone like Zion Williamson. Michael, we have a huge show on tap. I am I am jittery with excitement. I've been shaking all day. Uh, this is my favorite time. Mock draft central. This is my favorite time of the year. I love it. I, we're we're, we're going to have a great show today, ladies and gentlemen. So Michael and I each have our own individual mock drafts to go over. We have not seen the others, so it's going to be surprise central for everyone listening, for everyone, you know, uh, the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are listening, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. And as always, go follow Michael on Twitter at Maximum Hoops NBA. Go follow me on Twitter at Sports Dean. And, of course, go follow at Believe Pods uh, Prop Bet. At Believe Podcasts and also at UpAndUnder.net. I I'm literally am so excited, I can't get my words out. So we're going to play it like this. We're going to go pick by pick. We'll go number one overall, number two. We will tell you guys what team we had picking there because we do have different teams. And then obviously we will let you know in on the players. So, Michael, I'm going to give the floor to you for the number one overall pick. Who did you have picking and who did they pick? Well, I, had, I just went with the normal uh, – the way the records are, I had Phoenix picking. They had the worst record, even though they had a big win against the Lakers. And I got him taking Zion Williamson with number one pick. No surprise there. And I think he'd be a perfect fit for them. They can get rid of TJ Warren, send him packing, and they can they can start running. And uh, I really like that pick, Zion Williamson to Phoenix. I as well have Zion Williamson to Phoenix because the Suns got the first pick in my mock as well. Look, the I think the more and more the season has gone on, it kind of sucks that DeAndre Ayton is stuck in Phoenix, but people have really forgotten about him, and he's been really, really good over the past two months or so. I think a combo of Ayton and Zion down low is about as good as you're going to find of a one-two backcourt in back-to-back years. Like That's just a fantastic thing to, be, to build around. Oh, absolutely. I think Zion is a perfect, I think he's a perfect compliment for a, especially Aiton, who's more of a traditional big. I think you got Zion on the, on the, on the, at the four. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm worried about, you know, obviously the point guard is still a, a big question mark. There are a lot of rumors today. Well, we heard the big rumor today that the Suns offered their first round pick last year for Terry Rozier protected. The Celtics wanted it unprotected. Obviously they weren't going to get that because it was going to end up being the number one overall pick, but uh, Terry Rozier probably going to end up on Phoenix. So you'll get Rozier, Booker, uh, the corpse of Josh Jackson, Zion Williamson, and then DeAndre Ayton. That's a pretty good core. I like that. That's a good thing to build around. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, they, they might be finally getting Devin Booker a winning team. So that that's that's the big thing. I, Phoenix can't be a bad this bad forever. No. They, well, I, well, they can, but hopefully they won't. <laughs> Let's go to number two. Uh, I'll take number two here. I had the New York Knicks picking at number two, and I had them taking R.J. Barrett. Uh, at this point, I know some people might want John ja Morant to go number two. I know that you know he's the, the big, flashy, shiny item. But if you're the Knicks and you're not trading this pick for Anthony Davis because it's not number one overall, whatever it is, you need someone who's going to come in and actually help you win 
like next year. Because they, they if they're getting Kevin Durant, they might get Kyrie Irving. You need someone who can play with those guys, but also will att- help attract other big-time talent. R.J. Barrett is a big enough name. He is a big enough game. He can play multiple different positions. He, to me, is the Paul George of this draft. I don't think he's going to be an outstanding rookie. I actually don't even think he'll be an outstanding second-year player. But once his body starts to kind of uh, become more NBA, I guess more NBA ready, like once you get him into an NBA weight room, like three years in, that's when he's going to start to hit his stride. And I think that you're going to see a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard-esque rise from R.J. Barrett once he hits that 21, 22-year-old mark. You're going to see him start to fly, fly up NBA rankings. I can't wait to see what Barrett does in the league. Uh, absolutely. And as, uh, I have hit the New York Knicks also taking RJ Barrett at number two. And there I think go. this would be, I think this would be a perfect fit for him. Uh, sitting right next to, um, Dennis Smith jr. RJ Barrett's shown to pe- be able to, uh, handle the ball. He should be able to, uh, play off the ball. He can play multiple positions. Defense is going to be a little bit of a struggle at first, but I think ultimately he's going to go right into that roster as possibly the best player on that roster. I mean, obviously they're going to have free agents come in their way, but if they don't nail a big free agent, this this is going to be R.J. Barrett's team, and he's going to be a stud. I love R.J. Barrett. I do too. I think he's going to be a really good NBA pro. There are a lot of guys who, you know, I, I don't want to say, like you get these high recruits and sometimes they can get overlooked, but it's so weird how the number one, arguably number two recruit in high school coming out ended up getting overlooked this year by Zion Williamson. And people are just kind of ignoring the fact that he's still dropping 23 a night on a coach Krzyzewski Duke team. Like this isn't just some random Canadian kid like Andrew Wiggins. He is dominating at the college level right now. And I can't wait to see him in the tournament. I think he's going to be a guy who really turns it on. We're going to get an RJ Barrett game in the tournament at some point. And people are just going to be just, wowed and amazed by what this kid is able to do i agree with you 100 i would not be surprised if we get an rj barrett triple double or a Ooh. 32 or a 32 34 point game where he just takes over mm-hmm. um i think i personally zion williams is just such an anomaly i don't know what to think of him you know i mean his his skill set we really haven't seen before i think rj barrett's the sure thing in this draft Oh, me too. And also because remember, wings, 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 wings. That is all that the NBA is built around right now. One last thing about the Knicks before we move on, because we have 28 other picks to talk about. Um, Last thing about the Knicks, Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. If they weren't on the Knicks and you took that roster and put them anywhere else in the NBA, any franchise would be just ecstatic to have that level of young talent on their team to build around. But because it's the Knicks, two of them are going to get traded for a big time star and we're never going to see them play together. So that's the New York Knicks for you. Kind of disappointing, but yes, yes, it is. (laughs) All right, let's go to number three. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. I have the Cavs taking, uh, have the number three pick in my mock and I have them taking Jarrett Culver. Now, this is a pick that you and I talked about pretty extensively on our first lottery mock draft when we were doing it live And it just kind of stuck with me. And I kept thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? If you have someone like Colin Sexton, an uber-aggressive point guard, a bulldog on the defensive side of the ball, and you're trying to fit personalities in the modern-day NBA, it it is a great idea to match him up with Culver. Kind of, you know, the the go-to good guy for Texas Tech, really consistent, good defender, a good team guy, very coachable. They just seem like two guys whose personalities complement each other well, and their games complement each other well. I think he would single-handedly raise 
Uh, Colin Sexton's assist per game by three, maybe even four a game. Culver is going to be a perfect spot-up shooter to put next to Sexton. Number three might be a little bit high. I can understand that, but but position of need is important, and I think he'll be a perfect guy for the Cavs to build around. Uh, well, for one, I'm a big Culver fan. I love Jared Culver. I think he'd be a great fit in Cleveland. However, I have them taking Cam Reddish. And the Ooh. reason I have... And the reason I have him taking Cam Reddish is, is I think Cam Reddish hasn't really hit his potential. And I think it's because R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Uh, with Zion Williamson out, R.J. Barrett's been able to, um, you know, be the man. And Cam Reddish has been his nice number two. So I, I really think that this, um, that he's probably the third or fourth best player in this draft. He, we just haven't seen it because of all the pressure on uh, Duke and uh, on him to compete with the other two. Um However, I don't know how he'd fit with Cleveland because they, they really like uh, C.D. Osman, who has been pretty much a small forward. But I think they've they, uh, taken a shot at Cam Reddish would be uh, – I think that would be a nice little fit. I like it. Are you are you worried about them going back-to-back drafts taking two guys who really can't shoot at all? <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, this is true, and especially in today's modern NBA. But uh, Cam Reddish, uh, his, his strength coming into college was shooting. So I think he's going to get that taken care of. Well, hopefully he'll get that taken care of anyways. Yeah, hopefully. Let's go to number four. I'll give this one off to you, Michael, since I've got the last two back-to-back. Who you got at number four? What team, what player? Well, I got Chicago taking John Morant, and I think this is the almost the perfect fit out of we, this we entire draft. We match up 100% right there with you. This is the per- most perfect fit in this entire draft. The Bulls are struggling at point guard. Chris Dunn's a nice point guard. He's a good defender. He's actually put up a couple good games lately. But I just think that running, gunning with Zach Levine, with Otto Porter, Larry Markkinen spotting up, uh, and hopefully a healthy Wendell Carter in the middle, I think this is a perfect fit. This this could propel the Bulls right into, um, if not a playoff spot, battling for a playoff spot. And also, Chris, I don't I don't know about you, Michael. I like Chris Dunn's game, but it it's kind of apparent to me. I think he'd be a great like backup point guard, second unit leader for a playoff team. Like that, that to me is his perfect role. Like maybe not the primary scorer, but you come in, you let him be the primary ball handler and distributor in your second unit. You let Morant come in, and all of a sudden, kind of like what you mentioned, now in transition, you have two of the most athletic guards in the NBA and Morant and Levine running down the court. And oh yeah, Laurie Markin in their six eleven unicorn, also right behind him, who can do just about anything in transition. It, it seems to work. My one problem is he's getting drafted by, like, the worst coach ever for him. And Jim Boylan, I'm worried, is going to ruin John Moran. Uh, I don't like Jim Boylan. I'm uh, not a fan. Yeah, Jim Boylan, he really hasn't – I mean, they're winning games now, and I don't know if that's a good thing, but they're, uh, they're, they, they seem to be clicking now, so I don't know if Boylan's maybe chilled a little bit. But I would think that Morant – my problem with, with Chris Dunn right now is, is Chris Dunn is not a distributor. So the ball is in Zach Levine's hands a lot, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine's a nice player. I get, you put the ball in Moran's hand, he might average ten assists uh, a game as a rookie, just you know distributing. And then then you can put Chris, yeah, right. You can put Chris Dunn on the second unit. Chris Dunn could be uh, he can concentrate more on defense, and and I think it would be a perfect fit. And I think the Bulls would be, uh, you know, pointing in the right direction. Uh, but once again. This is the Bulls, and uh, they... They could just mess everything up. Exactly. I don't know what they're doing. 
We got we got we got to speed up a couple of these. <laughs> we're already ten minutes in. And we've done four picks. We're we're doing great. We're doing great, Michael. All right, number five. I have the Atlanta Hawks. I have them taking Cam Reddish. Just look, they've drafted a they've gotten a high pick at just about every single position over the last couple of years. Besides center, they got Trey Young. He has been hashtag in fuego. He is the hashtag in fuego. Believe in NBA prospects player of the week. He has just been insane recently. Herder is a really fun player to have next to him, as is John Collins. You put in Reddish there at the wing, can be your 3 and D guy that they desperately need. Give him a couple years before he really has to compete. I like Lloyd Pierce. I like the way that the young guys have developed. I really like what that front office is trying to do with these guys. Cam Reddish, to me, easy steal for the Hawks. Right there at five, maybe the, maybe the second most talented player in this year's draft but for me he falls all the way to five to the hawks well obviously that's a very very big possibility that he could fall to five because uh he has struggled this year and i think he'd be a perfect fit in atlanta i already have him in cleveland so i have atlanta taking my boy deandre hunter i'm really okay. i am okay. a lot that's higher I'm, I'm a lot higher on him than others but this guy is uh he's a defensive stalwart he's going to come right in and he's going to get minutes immediately uh, he's going to be a defender. He's got to work on his uh, three-point shot. Uh, I think he is um, Taurine Prince, but better. So I think that they want to move Taurine Prince, send him packing, find a little spot for Hunter, and uh, he's going to just create havoc defensively. And I think he's – but once again, another wing, man. They, I, I love what, what Atlanta is doing, and they are winning games now, and Trey Young looks awesome. Could you imagine if they had a defender – getting steals, throwing the ball to Trey Young, who's jacking 35-foot shots, and uh, taunting Chris and Dunn. also another guy to, to boost Trey Young's assist numbers. Exactly. Exactly. Hunter's a good three-point shooter on his own right, too. Exactly. I just I just think this uh, – a, a wing here would be just a perfect fit. I, and there's so many good wings in this draft. Uh, they can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I ended up with Cam Reddish. He's going to be a late bloomer in the NBA. I think it's going to take him a little bit longer to – really adapt his game to I think he still plays a very high school kind of basketball you know just the way that he plays just he reminds me of a high schooler and I understand he's only like eight months out of high school and I get that those things change but if he's going to be in the NBA next year he's got a lot of development coming up for him which is why I think the Hawks are a good spot for him let's keep this rolling let's let's get a little momentum here pick six who do you got Memphis and I got them taking Jared Culver I think Jared Cul- I think Jared Culver in Memphis is just a perfect fit Avery Bradley is probably going to leave. I, I just think that you put Culver next to uh, Mike Conley, they can uh, build a little bit of a, uh, a duo in the backcourt, and and I would love to see him here. I think that's a good call. I'm going to stick with that position. You you know who I'm taking. I'm taking my guy, Romeo <laughs> Langford. I had him in our last mock. I'm keeping him there. I think Langford, look, he he's played great over the last month or so. He's been just the player I thought he was going to end up being. You know, obviously, Indiana hasn't had that great of a season. They really staked a lot of their hopes on him. But to me, he's a guy that's going to dominate the combine. He's someone that NBA teams are going to fall in love with. He, he's a top seven pick to me. And I think Memphis will be a good landing spot. Who do you got at seven? I'll give you the next one. I got Darius Garland. I think uh, with what, did, team? what team? What team? Oh, I'm sorry, Washington. I think that with okay. John with John Wall uh, out for well, definitely a year, possibly even more. You know what? They're not really happy with him. Put see what you get with a different point guard. I mean, Darius Garland, I think is going to be a steal wherever he goes because no one. I think he, his ceiling is just so high, and I think he's an awesome point guard. 
I'm going to go with another really, really high ceiling guy, and I'm going to just take a position. I know the Wizards are going to draft. I'm, I'm keeping Jackson Hayes from Texas. The, the, the Athletic posted a really, really good draft notes column the other week, and all like there was multiple, multiple comments in there from NBA GMs about how much they all love Jackson Hayes and how they think that all these tags of him being soft and all this are just a load of crap. I think it's crap, too. I think he's going to be a top-10 pick. I think the Wizards be kind of silly with the big positional need that they have at center. I think Hayes would be a guy that they can build around, especially with the wall injury and who knows what they're going to do with Beal this offseason. Yeah, there's no way of taking Jackson Hayes in the top 10. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, he just I, – I, the reason everyone thinks he's soft is because he looks like he's soft. I mean, he's not – I mean, they're Texas. He should be doing more, in my opinion. He should be doing more than he is for Texas. And I understand they're back – they get a lot of shooters and their backcourt takes a lot of the shots. But I, I don't know. I just think I'm gonna, better big I'm going to chalk up his weird season to just the Big 12 being a huge pile of chaos this year. So, you know, for for I, I also wish he was doing more. I wish, you know, the, the advanced statistics really like his defense. I wish he was scoring a little bit more. But I think by the time the draft comes around, some I think the Wizards will fall in love with him personally. But some team is going to look at him and think top 10 pick with his length, his defensive potential. It just, you know, eventually – if he learns how to shoot, he can end up being a really, really good player. But that, that's a big time if. Let, let's jump ahead here. Pick number eight. I got the Atlanta Hawks back on the clock. I went with Cam Reddish first time. Took a wing. I'm going to go back to wing. I'm taking Keldon Johnson from Kentucky. You convinced me. Ooh, I you love did it, him. Michael. I love you him. You got me to change an opinion on an NBA draft prospect. The first one I will, I will add that you've changed my mind on. I've just started watching more and more of him kind of off ball and the way that he moves, how he gets into spots. And the first thing that sticks out to me, he is a smart basketball player. That dude has a high basketball IQ. He always seems to know where to be, whether it's rebounding or how to create open spacing on the floor for other players or just even making open space for himself to shoot threes. He just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And those guys are always really easily coachable and they always seem to do well in the NBA. I think you put him in Atlanta. I don't know if he starts day one, but it'd be a really fun camp battle between him and Cam Reddish. I think Keldon Johnson at eight is a good landing spot for him. Oh man, that I, even I and I'm high on him. I don't even have him that high. That's crazy. But mm -hmm. um, I, I could see it happening. I could see it happening. I just think um, I got New Orleans taken uh, at number eight. I have them taking your boy Romeo Langford. And okay, while I like Keldon Johnson better than Langford, I just feel that Langford's um, stats recently I think are going to propel him higher than Keldon Johnson. And I think That's you're, fair. and I think you're going to see like a team like New Orleans who is definitely building um, and in th their package that they're going to get from the Lakers. If they make a deal for Anthony Davis, there's no two guards involved. Um, That's fair. So I think that they might use this opportunity to grab a, a shooting guard and go with a young player who could develop into something special. Let's go to number nine. I actually have the Pelicans or your Pelicans on the board here at number nine. I actually have them taking Darius Garland. So this was a pick that you there was a pick that you and I talked a lot about, like, what should the Pelicans do in the first round this year? You know, the rebuild officially beginning Anthony Davis out the window for me. If they really want to build around Drew Holiday, then there's no perfect player in this draft to put next to him than Darius Garland. Now, I want to I would dig, you know, consumer disclaimer, whatever. I will be stunned if by the time the draft comes around that Garland is on the board at nine. 
I will be stunned. And I think you would be too, Mike. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. I think Garland is going to wow him at the combine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not that's not uh, that's not a bad pick at all. I got number nine. I got Miami taking uh, Nasir Little, and uh, uh, ironically, that's who I have them taking at ten. Perfect. And the, the and it's not like I think Nasir Little is the ninth best player in this draft. I just think that he is a guy that Miami would just like salivate over. He's tough. He's physical. He's he's a big guy, and if they can get a shot down, I think he would be definitely a, a nice addition at small forward. He's basically Justice Winslow, but you know, uh, maybe not as good of a passer. So he definitely seems like a Pat Riley kind of draftable player. Like that's a dude that they have definitely invested in the past. You mentioned Justice Winslow. James Johnson is another guy that comes to mind in terms of just similar body type in terms of like what they're looking for when they draft. But, you know, I already said that I have the heat taking this year, a little 10. Who do you have at 10 slash who are they taking? I have Atlanta with their pick from Dallas. And this might yep. be a little bit high, but I got Bruno Fernando going to Atlanta. Ooh, that interesting. Would, that would, that would hopefully sum up, although, Alex Len's been playing really great lately. That would hopefully sum up their uh, center position. And I like the fact that he's a good passer because you got you put the ball in the post and you have Trey Young come off of the screen. Oh, my goodness. It's just, there's Michael, so many there, possibilities. There is no universe where Alex Len should stop any team in the <laughs> NBA from drafting at center. There's no universe. This is true. This is true. Um, but I, I like that pick a lot. I think if you're looking, you know, Bruno Fernando for me, I'm going to, I'm going to slap a tag on him. Ready? Okay. Bruno Fernando is Harris Rubenstein's number one draft riser. For me, Bruno Fernando could catch fire at the end of this season and end up as a top eight pick. There is, I just have this weird feeling about him that around the time of the draft, you're just going to start seeing his name for whatever reason. Just start boom, 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 all the way up draft boards. And all of a sudden on drafting, you're like, how the hell did Bruno Fernando get drafted seventh overall? Absolutely. He just seems like that kind of guy to me. And the fact He's that, so fun. That the fact that he plays at Maryland is not helping his draft cause. If, no, if, not at if, all. You know, I mean, if he was at North Carolina or, or one of these Blue Bloods or Kentucky, he'd be, he'd be a, a top five pick probably. So hey, didn't Alex Lund go to Maryland to get drafted fifth overall? <laughs> Did he go to Maryland? Yeah, I believe so. If my uh, my memory serves me correctly, yeah, I know he was. And then two years later, he got replaced with all time uh, five star name Diamond Stone. Diamond Stone. Remember Diamond Stone. Yeah, he's from Milwaukee. <laughs> he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, I remember Diamond, Diamond Stone. Diamond Stone. That was that guy. He played like ten minutes a night for Maryland. Thought he was ready for the NBA. That was an experience. Well, uh, yeah, he only went to college for. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, is he, I don't know why, not to get off the subject, Diamond Stone picked, Mar- I don't know why he got picked Maryland over Wisconsin either. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird one. All right. So we, we, we just went over our 10th overall pick. So we're going to go to 11 here. I have the Orlando Magic on the clock, though obviously things have changed. I have them taking DeAndre Hunter. That's my boy. That would be a good pick I, for them. It, it might be there might be too many wings. There might be too many wings in the kitchen, too many wings on that bird. But, you know, I'm looking at my available available board here. There are no point guards who I'm taking at number 11 overall right now. I'm not taking Trey Jones. I'm not taking Kobe White. I'm not taking anybody at point guard here at 11. So for me, the best player available on the board is the best wing on the board. And that to me is DeAndre Hunter. I, I wonder what his fit is going to be like with the likes of Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon, but you can literally never have too many wings in the NBA, especially if they can shoot threes. I, I would be surprised if Hunter falls out of the top 10, but if he does, he's going to get snatched up pretty quick. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't really care for the magic front line of Gordon and Isaac. I think neither one of them can really shoot a three-pointer. Uh, I mean, they can do it okay, but um, I would like that pick. But um, for number 11, I have Charlotte, and this is a big reach, taking Daniel Gafford from uh, Arkansas. Whoa! Yeah. Wow! And the reason really? is, the reason, my reasoning is, is that they are they are starving for a center, like starving for a center. And Bruno Fernando is not going to get to them, so they are going to take a reach. And there's always Wait, a if reach. If you're going to reach, though, don't you take Bull Bull? Well, I just don't know if they're really, really ready to uh, in, invest in a center who's got uh, foot problems and knee problems. And and I just I think Charlotte Charlotte wants to win now, and I don't know. I think Bull Bull's upside is probably greater, but I think that they're just going to uh, they're going to go a safe route. And Gafford's, uh, get, Gafford's going to be a good pro. I don't know if he's a starter, but I have to. Uh, that's my uh, surprise of the draft. I got, I got, I got Gafford going way later in the first, but we'll get to him later. So I, for me, number twelve, I, I have the Hornets also taking a center. I have them taking Bruno Fernando just because. I mean, if he's on the board at twelve, and the Hornets really are going after a center, you know, they're they're going to pick him pretty quick. Let's go to thirteen here. I have the Timberwolves on the clock. I've made this pick now in three consecutive mock drafts. It is Brandon Clark who once again dominated against St. Mary's the other night. He has looked amazing in every single game that he's played this year. He is an absolute slam dunk lottery pick for me. Perfect fit with the T-Wolves. Easy money. Brandon Clark, done, moving on. <laughs> you are way higher on Brandon Clark than Easy. I am. Um, I went with my boy Keldon Johnson here. I think that uh, he would definitely take Josh Akogi and put him right on the bench. And um, I think Minnesota is going to do something with Andrew Wiggins. They got it. He's been awful. So there's can they do anything with actually, you know what? In order to get rid of Wiggins, they would probably have to attach this pick to him. Well, Seriously. you're probably right. Or a, or a, a future first round pick because, but I, I think you, you put Keldon Johnson with Minnesota. I think you can get, uh, you know, some production either off of the second unit from him. I think, mm -hmm. I think that kid's going to be a stud. I do too. I agree. I agree with that one. Who you got at number 14 overall? I'll give it back to you. Oh, wait, I'm on 13. I got the Lakers. Oh, sorry, you're at 13. I passed right over you. I got I got the Lakers taking Bull Bull. <laughs> Ooh, at 13. Okay, I like it. Yeah. I, I I like it. You'll hear him in a little bit from me. Yeah, I just think that I just think he's a perfect fit for Lakers. A stretch uh, five who can shoot, and uh, you know maybe Magic does something right and finally gets LeBron some shooters. And and come on, Michael, for a team that's entirely built around hype, how could the hype machine not draft Bull Bull? It's just impossible. They can't resist. Right. They have to. I'm sure Magic. Just, I'm sure Magic knows his dad, so I'm sure that they'll. Or yeah, I'm sure he'll figure something out. Michael, I actually have inside information that Magic Johnson has already written down Bull Bull's name on his draft card, and just like you know, in like a what's the awful awful draft movie about the NFL draft, where it was like a. That linebacker's name over everything. Draft. Bull bowl over everything for the Lakers. <laughs> uh, I don't even think the Lakers will be making this pick. But, yes, if they keep it, it's, it's bull bowl. I, I will say this, though. I think the Anthony Davis trade is going to come during the draft. You know, whether or not the, the Celtics are involved, we'll see. But if the Lakers do draft bull bowl, I think that actually helps their trade for Anthony Davis more so than any other pick in this draft, obviously besides Zion. Because if you're the Pelicans and you're trying to blow things up, there's no better prospect for you to acquire in the first round from another team than Bull Bull. 
He matches the position of Anthony Davis. His ceiling is absurd. And you're, it's just another first-round pick you're getting for Anthony Davis. He's worth the he's worth that risk. I think the Lakers will definitely start to dangle him in trade talks. And, and I'm I've I've had Bowl as high as ranked five, but then when he got his injured, when he had, when he got injured, I was like, man, a big man with feet. I'm gonna have to bump him a little bit. He, he might go top ten though if he dominates the combine. He should be fully healthy by the time the combine comes around. If he is, he's gonna dominate. And I think another guy who I think could rise and go in the top ten. Absolutely, I'm 100 percent with you because I have a feeling some of these wings are gonna fall because the NBA is the NBA is wing heavy. Wing heavy, yeah. There's only so many starting spots of these guys. Let's go to number 14. Uh, I got the Detroit Pistons here on the board again. I you know my th- this mock draft is a little old because obviously the 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 standings change nightly. But for me, Pistons are number fourteen overall. I have them taking Nickel Alexander Walker. They need shooting, like real people shooting, not Luke Kennard level shooting. They need real shooting, and Alexander Walker might be the best pure shooter in this draft. He's just kind of an easy safe pick. He might not blow you away with his ceiling, but he'll be. You know, I know he's on the Pistons right now, but Wayne Ellington is actually a really good NBA comp for Alexander Walker. A good 3 and D guy, doesn't have a ton of size, but he's slippery, he can get open shots, and he can shoot a little bit off the dribble. I like Alexander Walker a lot. That's funny you said it because I have this pick and two picks. But um, I have right now I have Boston picking for Sacramento and taking Dumboya. And I really th- and I really think that Boston with three picks is going to they're going to be risky. If their three picks are not going to New Orleans in a trade, I think that they're going to take some gambles of guys who probably won't be ready for a couple years because none of their first round picks are going to crack their rotation uh, no. according to what they're going on. And that's even if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back. So I'll be surprised if they make the bench at this point. <laughs> right. So uh, I could see a draft and stash. Or a guy that they just decide that, you know, he's not going to get much playing time and he plays in the G League all year. I could see a couple of them. So I think Dumboya, I think he's a, a good fit for Boston. I like that. I, I think the, the the draft and stash idea with the Celtics makes a lot of sense. They they ha- they almost have to do uh, that concept with one of their guys. Like They just can't bring on that many contracts. They have so many people coming back next year. Exactly. All right, number 15, I uh, got the Lakers. We just talked about him. I have them taking Bull Bull because – Nice. Just please, please let me play with Bull Bull and LeBron James in NBA 2K. Please. Oh, that'd be just, just, just for the gaming. That would be fantastic. I, I, me and my kid would have so much fun doing that. <laughs> um, so that was number fifteen. I have Orlando yeah. taking Rue Hachimura. And, ah, okay, interesting. And I know that's a little bit high, and I have him higher than Brandon Clark. There's just something about his game I really like. I think his mid range game is the best in this draft. I just think I was gonna say let, let's talk about him because I actually have the Nets taking him at 16 with our next pick. So we can we can break down Hachimura a little bit. What what is what do you, what do you see in him that I don't? Because I don't see this elite ceiling that people talk about. I see a dude who can shoot a little bit from the mid-game or from the mid-range, excuse me, who only really plays defense when he has to. But I, that might just be a college thing. And 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 the funny thing about him is it's not really a three-point threat. Uh, I mean, he's got some range, but does, he's I, he's more of a mid-range guy. And Orlando needs three-point shooters, and I put him with Orlando. So, But I think his mid-range game, and I just think he would be a nice third complement between Isaac and Gordon. Um, and I just think he'd be a good fit in Orlando. I, I, I think his mid-range game is the best in, the, in uh, college right now. I like that. I mean, I, I have him going to the Nets. I can only imagine what Kenny Atkinson will be able to do with him, D'Lo, Spencer Dinwiddie. For me, Hachimura to the Nets would kind of be their uh, their Rondé Hollis Jefferson replacement, who or Demari Carroll. Yeah, couple of years. 
Yeah, or Demar Carroll, correct. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a guy who has shown some flashes, but they, they need fresh blood on the wing. And I think Hachimura would help Brooklyn a lot. Absolutely. And uh, uh, so pick 16, since you went to your pick 16, I got Detroit taking Nikel Anderson, uh, Alexander Walker. And I like you, yeah, yeah. I, like you agree, they have been searching for a two guard. Wayne Ellington came off the streets and is now starting at, at the two. And uh, they've been using a seldom or a rookie uh, Brown, who's been p- playing at the center or at the, sh- okay at the shooting guard. No. He's an all right player, but they need more production because Blake Griffin is having a monster year, but no one knows it because the rest of the Pistons suck. You know, it, <laughs> I'm, seriously, if you looked at uh, Blake Griffin's numbers, they're ridiculous. If he had some shooters around him and Luke Kennard is finally starting to put up some numbers. And I like him doing it off the bench because they got no bench production um, when when Luke Kennard starts. So I, it just needs to be pointed out. It just I, I just want to point this out because we keep talking about how the Pistons like desperately need a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Michael, in 2017, the Detroit Pistons took Luke Kennard one pick ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. You know what? In their def- can you imagine? In their defense, no one knew what Donovan Mitchell was going to be. No, but come on. Even Donovan Mitchell of Louisville was still a really good player. He was like one of the best athletes at the Combine by a significant margin. Him going 13 was still kind of a surprise. I thought he was going to go like 8 where uh, where uh, Neil Aquino went for the Knicks. Well, I thought he was going to go uh, 11 where Monk went to Charlotte. Yep. I really did. And uh, I was a big Monk fan, so I, I really loved Mark Monk going there. And Monk's been kind of a disappointment. Um, but it's because he's not playing with De'Aaron Fox, his best buddy. Well, and not only so that, sure. Monk's defense is kind of – it's not very good. Oh, so. he doesn't try. He didn't try in college on defense. <laughs> you don't have to when you're putting up 47 points. So. Exactly, exactly. So wait, that was pick 16. All right, let's go to 17. I'll give you the floor. Here you go. We're officially out of the lottery. Well, we were a pick ago, but I here got, we are. I got uh, Brooklyn taking bids to Pated, the, the guy, the European. Pated's it. Goga. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. I'm bad with European names. I <laughs> wait. Can, just try one more time. What it, it's Patadzik, Patadzi, something like that. I just he's getting he's getting all this first round buzz, and I just think he's a good fit for Brooklyn because I think that's fair. I think Brooklyn is going to they are going to nail a free agent. They are going to snag one of these free agents. They might not snag okay. Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, but they might get a Chris Middleton type. Not saying it's going to be Middleton, but they're going to get a player of that caliber. And I got a hint for you, Michael. What's that? That player is Jimmy Butler. See, I think so too, but our buddy Austin is very adamant that he's going to take the money and run. He's he's crazy. He's Yeah, and the money is going to be coming from Brooklyn. See, I think so too. <laughs> he's going to take the money and run. Run away from Philly. <laughs> I, and even though I think D'Lo is more of a two guard than a point guard, but if you put him and Butler in the backcourt or even put Butler as a three, man. I really think Brooklyn's one of these up-and-coming teams that's going to make a run in the next couple of years. And I will say this. Last year, the Nets were the NBA's predominant team in drafting international stars. They got Rodion Karouks. They got Gianna Musa, both of who have been playing pretty well for them this year. Rodion Karouks ended up making uh, the, the Rising Stars game at the All-Star and All-Star Weekend, which was really impressive. So well, Karouks- I, I like the yoga pick. I just... I don't have him in my first round. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with the people at home. 
I have not watched enough of him to be like, yeah, I'm putting in my first round. Like I just, every time I watch film of him, it's really grainy or I can't really make out like if he's actually doing things well, I have to do like more analysis on him, but I, I didn't feel comfortable putting him in my first round quite yet. I'm sure he will eventually. Yeah. The, my thing with watching the film of him and yes, you're right. It's grainy or not the best quality and it's kind of hard to make out. He doesn't really step out uh, from the other players. But uh, he's got a lot of buzz right now, and I just think that he is a first-rounder. Fun fact, he'd actually be the first Georgian uh, player in NBA history. Right. It, 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 that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, number 17, you with the Nets. Actually, number 17, I have the Celtics picking. Their first pick out of three that I have them taking. I have them taking K, uh, KZ Akpala from uh, Stanford. I just look. They're going to be recycling some guards. (laughs) Terry Rozier is probably on his way out. Kyrie Irving might also be on his way out. And I think they're going to want to bring in a point guard who is going to have a pretty predefined role. Maybe they're trading Jalen Brown, too. Who really knows? Casey Akpala is going to come in. Guy in Stanford, sophomore, very well-coached, consistent, decent shooter, does a couple different things well. He's a good defender as well. I just think the Celtics, if they're looking at a pick here at 17, they're going to want a safe player who can come in and contribute instantly. And that, to me, is KZ Akpala. I think he has a low ceiling but a high floor. He's an easy guy to take in the middle of the first round. He might not have the crazy ceiling of, a, of the couple guys after him, but consistency matters. And he's a perfect, perfect Brad Stevens guard coming out of college. Well, I'm not the big on him. Uh, I mean, I know he's going to be a first-rounder. I'm just not as high as some of them on him. Um, I, I he, some people think he's a lottery pick. I think they're crazy. I think mid first round is fine for him. There's no, there's no way I would take that guy as a lottery pick. There's absolutely no, no. way. Um, but my pick, since we're on Boston, I have them picking 18 from the Clippers, and I got him taking Kobe White. And I, ooh, interesting. And, okay. And I just think the more and more I think about, it, the more and more I think Kyrie Irving is gone. And as much as I, I'm a big Kyrie Irving fan, I watched him play his whole entire career at Cleveland because I'm a big LeBron guy. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, he just looks miserable. And I think that uh, Terry Rozier is going to be given the hand, uh, the reins of the offense. Please don't. And, please, and please Kobe, don't do that to me. And Kobe, don't, don't say those words. And Kobe, please don't say those words. Kobe White will be your backup point guard. And it, it's a shame because Boston, this is their year. If they cannot make a deep run, something's going down. I got to say, Michael, and again, slight you know, what a, what a digression from our topic. I am not so concerned about losing Kyrie Irving as I am that the fact that the replacement for Kyrie Irving will have to be Terry Rozier. They're going to be, I'm going to be pulling my, pulling hair out of my head 35 games a year, just watching him launch threes while double, double covered from 38 feet away. I just, I can't do it. I, he's a fun player. I like him a lot. He seems like a good dude. Just, I, please, please don't remind me that if, Kyrie Irving leaves. It's going to be Rozier there. I can't do it. I, I don't see. I, can't I don't do see it. any. Ugh. I don't see any other options. And Marcus Smart. Oh, you'd rather have Rozier. So, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any other options. All right, at eighteen, you had the Celtics picking at eighteen. For me, I have the Spurs picking at eighteen. I have them taking Dumbia. It just seems like a kind of guy that they would attack pretty instantly. I think he might be a draft and stasher, though. It really depends on what they want to do 
with their big men. It also ends up happening, or what, what they end up doing with LaMarcus Aldridge. Do they end up trading him? Does he leave? Like, what, what are they going to do with their front court? Because, I mean, Powell is now gone. They don't really have a long-term project at the center position. They have, a, they have so many young guards that they now have to figure out playing time between. I think they want to go with a big man, someone down low who can maybe come in and have some sort of elite upside. But I, I don't see them going guard again. I mean, they Derek White, Deontay Murray, they just drafted Lonnie Walker along, along with, you know, Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes. Like, all these dudes just draft the damn big man. Oh, that's funny because I got San Antonio at 19 taking Trey Jones. <laughs> oh, no. What? That, no. That's so many point guards. Yeah, but what? They have four point guards on the roster. Tell me what point guard has been successful. Murray, but he's injured. Oh. Derek White has been really good this yeah, year. Yeah, but they haven't played Derek White at point. Derek White's, That's Derek White's been playing off the ball. Um, well, do you know why? Do you know why that they're playing him off the ball? Well, because, yeah, because they've been playing Bryn Forbes. Because Murray's going to come back, and they, need, they can't have four-point cards. I'm not 100% sure Murray is the answer. I mean, Murray is a nice oh, player. I'm a big Murray guy. I think Deontay Murray is a really, really good player. I think the upside on him is as high as any young player in the NBA right now. I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he could be. I'm not saying he's not. I just don't know if he's 100% the answer right now. And I I think Trey Jones is just – he's steady. You know, he is just steady. You know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get basically a better version of his brother, and his brother is steady, you know. Um, You're going to get some three-pointers. You're going to get a lot of passing. You're going to get an unselfish point guard. And now, mind you, we're getting into second unit players. We're not getting into starters anymore. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, I, is Trey Jones got a better chance of being a backup than Bryn Forbes? I think so. So, you know, I, I just think he's a steady player. And I, but you're like you're him. right. San Antonio needs big men. I'm just, men. I just don't see any. I don't see anywhere taken right now. I, I at 19, anyways. I, well, 19, it's ironic because you had the Spurs taking him. I have the Celtics taking Trey Jones at 19 because <laughs> alongside Akpala, you know, while Akpala is good, he's probably better off ball. You probably don't want him as your main ball handler. For me, if you're looking for a backup for either Terry Rozier or Kyrie Irving, if Rozier leaves and Kyrie stays, Trey Jones is the perfect backup point guard for the Celtics. Just uh, He's going to be a distributor. He's not going to be out there trying to score 40 points a night like it seems like Rozier is all the time. He's going to be a good distributor in the second unit. I think he'll also be a good player to have off ball to help spacing. I actually would love to see him in a second unit with – it would be great to see this. I would love a second unit of Trey Jones, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Daniel Tice. I think that lineup right there is a second unit or an Aaron Baines, however you want to do it. I think that sounds so much fun. Trey Jones would be a really good fit with Boston. That would be that, yes, you're right. I I agree 100. And uh, they're going to need a backup because either Rozier or Kyrie Irving is gone. So they're and remember they're going to need somebody. Any any pick you take with the Celtics needs to also have the connotation behind it. It has to be a tradable asset. And especially in any sort of optics of an Anthony Davis trade, Trey Jones to the Pelicans helps New Orleans a lot. They do not have a point guard. They do not have a distributor on their team right now. Jones could come in and help them from a starting spot or even a backup spot, depending on what they do next to holiday. So, again, another player that would help New Orleans in an Anthony Davis trade. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go to 20. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. I'll take 20. I get the Utah Jazz. So do I. Go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> I have them taking Kobe White. I love the Grayson Allen pick last year. I thought it was a perfect, perfect fit. But 
it just doesn't seem well it's not that it doesn't seem like Allen is fit for the NBA it's just he's just not that good he just doesn't have the upside I thought he might but Kobe White is a guy who can come in that you can also play next to Donovan Mitchell. And that is the most important thing for any guard that the Jazz draft. You need someone that can play heavily off ball, not just a little bit off ball, heavily off ball with how much they use Donovan Mitchell and how crazy his usage rate is. Kobe White is perfect for that. Perfect for coming off screens and taking some spot-up threes. Great for slashing to the basket or cutting behind players as you need him to. I'm a little worried about his defense in the NBA, but guess what? He's going to Utah, one of the best defensive teams in basketball. They will make up for a lot of his different errors. I think Kobe White to Utah would actually be a a good fit for them, a way better fit than Grayson Allen has ended up being. Uh, Agreed. And have you noticed that um, when uh, Donovan Mitchell plays primarily as a point guard, his numbers are through the roof. It is ridiculous. It's nuts. So I would not be surprised if they just say bye-bye Rubio and they move Donovan to point guard. Oh, Rubio is gone. They, they've been trying to trade him since the start of the season. Well, they've been trying to trade Rubio away since the end of the playoffs last year because with the injuries and with the Mitchell, with how good Mitchell's been, they just they knew that Mitchell needs to be their primary ball handler, but nobody wanted to take the Rubio deal. So I got you. I got Utah taking your boy Brandon Clark. And I think he would be. Ooh, a, I like that. I think he'd be a great fit behind um, Joe Anglis. Uh, I think you know the second unit. Get rid of Derek Favors. What's yes? What yes? And, and he could and he could play. He could play either the three, the four. He could. You're right. He could uh, get rid of Dave, Derek Favors, who's probably at this point in the new modern NBA a center and shouldn't be playing with Gobert at the same time. So I think there's a lot of uh, ways you could use Clark if he goes to Utah. Clark for me also, I think he de- he is a bigger frame. I think that once you get him into an NBA weight room, he can defend small ball fives if need be in any sort of lineup. Oh, so yeah. If when Gobert comes out, Clark can still play the center spot as long as the matchup is there. Like if they're going against like the Bulls or something and Wendell Carter Jr. is playing center, like I think you can bring Clark in there after like year two or three and let him play a little uh, defense uh, as a small ball. Abs- but we'll absolutely. See. Let's go to pick 21. This one's back to you, so shoot from the hip. Who you got? Well, I got Boston taking Kevin Porter Jr. No. Yes. No. Yes. I have the Cavs taking Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, the thing is, is Boston is going to take high upside guys, and for some reason, everyone's in love with this guy. I don't get it. I, I'm not the biggest Kevin Porter Jr. fan, but someone's going to take a stab at him probably before this pick. Uh, I'm I, I'm not gonna poke holes in your in your mock draft, Michael. I'm not gonna do it. Just a a point of reference for the future. I cannot remember the last time the Celtics have drafted a guy with an off court red flag. I can't remember. Uh, but maybe ooh, actually Fab Mello. There you That's go. That's the last one. But <laughs> Fab Mello. Here's the thing though with Boston, and I know you're a Boston homer, but here's the thing with Boston. Yes. Boston has three first round picks. So they're going to take somebody. They're going to take a gamble on somebody. They're going to. When you have three first-round picks, and if they don't offer these in a package for Anthony Davis, and that Anthony Davis is already a Laker or already a Nick or already wherever, they're gonna they're gonna take some upside guys. Red flags or no red flags. Mm-hmm. That well, that's why I have the Cavs taking him because early in the draft I had Cleveland taking Culver at three. <laughs> so now they're pick twenty-one. By the way, they have the first-round pick. Uh, from the Houston Rockets in one of their trade deadline trades that sent like Shumpert to the Rockets and it was all crazy trade and the Cavs got the first from Houston. 
I just, if you're the Cavs and you see Kevin Porter Jr. there and you already took Culver, I mean, you could end up having three really good guards drafted in the first round two years in a row, and one of them will end up having to come off the bench, which is great. You've already drafted a six-man and a starting shooting guard and point guard in back-to-back drafts. Oh, that's I just, absolutely. Do you think that Porter Jr. will end up being a lottery pick? Do you think someone will fall in love with him that much? According to what I'm hearing, yes. Do I think it's wise? No, because I think there's other guards who are better than him. I think it is foolish to take him in. And even if he did play all season long, I didn't think he was a lottery player. I, I, I watched him in high school. I watched most of his game tape from high school. I saw a really good college player and mid-first round pick. I never saw a lottery pick. I don't know what I missed, but everyone kept talking about him as a lottery guy, and I, I never saw I haven't him. seen it yet. So... Too much ego for me. Too many red flags. He doesn't shoot the ball that well. Defensive efforts really inconsistent. And it's just not my kind of guy. Let's go to twenty. I got Cleveland taking your boy Jackson Hayes. I think this would be a great fit for the Cavaliers. And I would have them already taking Reddish in the first uh, pick. So if you could get Hayes and Reddish and uh, put them next to Colin Sexton, I think you've got to start of something. That's pretty good. I like that. I got 20 at 22. I have the Portland Trailblazers. I have them taking Grant Williams from Tennessee. Not bad. Not bad at I all. Think, I think it's about time that they stop messing around when drafting big men and stop drafting potential and start drafting stats. Like the, the last couple of big men they've drafted Myers Leonard, you know, Zach Collins, like these guys were just okay in college. Right. And I think Grant Williams, you know, three-year starter at Tennessee, he's dominating this year. He'd be a great guy to come in, fill in at the four for Al Faroq Aminu. You know, if, if you want to start trading C.J. McCollum, that's fine. Grant Williams would be a good guy to build around down low. He is a little bit on the older side. But, again, if you're a pick 22, you can probably afford the age as long as you're getting the production. Along. Absolutely. Uh, what Let's go. We got we got to hurry up here. We got pick number twenty three. I got Oklahoma City taking Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. And interesting twenty three. Why Bassey? By the way, can you explain like people's obsession with him? I have him a little bit later, I, but I I like him. I think the fact that he went to Western Kentucky kind of no one remembers him, you know. Uh, but he's putting up good numbers, and I get it. He's against Western Kentucky in their competition. I get it. I just think he's a big body. I think he's going to be able to be a nice player, but I think going to Oklahoma City, he can sit behind Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel, and uh, you know, eventually he's going to be a backup big man. I don't think he'll ever be a starter. I like that. That's fine. So that was pick 23, correct? Yes, sir. 23 for me. I have the Celtics back on the clock with their own pick. I have them taking P.J. Washington from Kentucky. He, They need someone to replace Marcus Morris at the four. P.J. Washington, to me, is basically Marcus Morris 2.0. He's going to slot right in. He's got a good mid-range game. He's a good rebounder. He's a big guy down low. They, they love drafting big guys like him, especially if they can shoot a little bit from the mid-range. That's funny because he is definitely a Marcus Morris type. <laughs> He's definitely. Uh, P.J. Washington is an easy Celtics pick. Blue blood school, mid-range jumper, decent rebounder, You know, good defender from across multiple positions. That's the Celtics for you. All right, so twenty-four for Portland. I am going. I've got two. I've got two guys that probably will not be on anyone's mock draft in the first round. Ooh. In the first round, I like it. And the reason is is because I want to be the first to have these guys on the mock draft because I think these guys are first-round picks. So if I got this. Is an I got. Really I got excited. Portland at number twenty-four, taking Louis King from Oregon. 
I wow. love him. Wow. Love him. Have you been pu- watching him? I know he's on the West Coast. It's hard to see his games. But this kid has been putting up numbers. Ever since he came back for his injury, he is putting up numbers. And I think he is going to be a first-round pick. And if he, and wow. if he comes out, because I don't think he's a 100% coming out, but I think he is perfect in Portland. Their small forward, their small forward situation is is terrible. First of all, Evan, Evan Turner plays. I don't know what position he plays because he plays like three of them, and he doesn't do any of them any good. Rodney Ho- <laughs> Rodney Hood has been a, a nice player, but I'm not sure he's going to come back. Uh, you know, I mean, so we'll we'll, we'll see. I think that uh, you could take a chance on him, let him sit a couple years, and then eventually he could be a starter. Crazy. I like that. I like that a lot. At 24, though, I went a little little safer. I have the 76ers on the clock. I have them taking Shamori Pons from uh, St. John's. Just seems like an easy pick for them. They need someone to the point guard, especially a backup point guard who can score and play a little defense. He might be a little undersized. I know they already have TJ McConnell, but I, I think Shamori Pons fit in really well with what Brett Brown likes to do with his second units. He likes energy guys. He likes dudes who can come in and score in spurts. And that's what Shamori Pons to me is going to be like in the NBA. He's a good second unit guy, can play two different positions, can handle the ball, can distribute, can play the pick and roll, which Brett Brown loves. Or I guess it's starting to love more this year than he has in the past. But I think Pons to, to Philly would be a good fit. Uh, I, Let's go to 25. I got uh, Phil. I'm gonna take I got, oh, go ahead. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. We got the thunder on the board for me at 25. I have them taking Jonte Porter from Missouri. Oh, yeah. I did it. That's your boy. I did um, it. I could see it, though. I could see them going big, man. Look at look at the look at the positions they've dra- or look at the guys they've drafted the past couple years. You know the the uh, uh, Jerry and Grant. They drafted Terrence Ferguson. They drafted Stephen Adams. What do all those guys have in common? Yep, wingspan. Yep, they love drafting wingspan, and that's what Jonte Porter has. I think at twenty five, yep. it's a good enough late enough spot to pick him. So he goes. I got Philadelphia taking Grant Williams. I think this is a perfect pit. I think he's a safe, perfect. safe pick yep. off the bench for them. That's good. He because he that I, I like that because he can play next to him. Yep, absolutely. He definitely can. He'll help with spacing a little bit down there too. All right, let's go to 26. I got uh, I got the Pacers on the board. So do, Who you I got? have the Pacers on the board, too. I got him taking Lawson from Kansas. I just think he's a nice uh, guy who's been in, in college for what seems like a decade, and I think Indiana will take any kind of uh, experience they can get. I got, I got a crazy pick for Go you. ahead. I have the Pacers taking Ty Jerome from UVA. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right now, I, oh, I don't know. He, he Every single draft – has maybe one guy just who who I it's one of my favorite titles in the draft, the white guy who can yeah, shoot. Yeah, right. No, every draft has one. It is consistent from the beginning of time. Ty Jerome is this year's white guy who can shoot, and there is always one that goes in the first round. Uh, you're Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to Indiana. You're probably you're probably right. Uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I got for so twenty. We're well, moving on since we're run, uh Brooklyn. I got. We got five minutes. We, we we can take our time a little bit here. We can go a couple minutes over. I don't want you to to just start word vomiting out. Okay. There. Take your time. Breathe. I nice need I, I need to breathe on this one. This is Brooklyn from Denver. Are you ready? I have Brooklyn here. Are you sitting down? Well, yes. Kind okay. of. That's a lie. I'm standing. But go ahead. I <laughs> I have the biggest sleeper, Ashton Hagens, going here. And I, Ashton Hagens. I love Ashton Hagens. 
He is the reason for Kentucky's turnaround. He is a defensive-minded point guard. He doesn't take any shots. He creates for everyone else. He, and I know it doesn't always, uh, you know, look good in his stat and his uh, assists, but he is the uh, he is the reason Kentucky is where they're at today. And I have a feeling that his name in uh, is going to come up. Now I'm not 100 percent sure he's coming out. Interesting. But that is my sleeper. I love that dude. I love him. I would take him. I would take that. That's an interesting pick. I wonder though, would you draft him in the first round or would he be an early second? Well, I guess all these guys would end up being possible early seconds if they're going in the right first. But, so see, kind of the, the way I like, and if I'm in the second round and the, uh, if I'm in the close to the second round, if I got a late first round pick, I'm going to take a gamble. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. That's fair. And I, I just think he's the reason Kentucky's turnaround hit. They have become a better ball team when he is now in the starting lineup. We got we I got and my my pick for the Nets isn't as much of a surprise. I got them taking Eric Pascal from Villanova. Just I think they're going to go with a consistent player in the back end who can help them who can help them with a guy coming off the bench. I already have them taking uh, a big man earlier with Rui Hachimura. You can never have too many big men down low. I think he'll fit in well. Ed Davis probably isn't going to come back next year. He's probably going to go somewhere else on another one-year deal. But I, I think Pascal will come in, just give them a little three-point shooting and a little defense down low. That's, All right. That's not a bad pick. 28. Uh, 28, I got Golden State taking John Tay Porter. Yep. This, just, this just sounds like a Golden State pick. If he's there, they will just snag him in a heartbeat. Wingspan, and, I'm, I'm, and they have a, a, a glaring hole at the center position. I'm going to out-warrior you with this pick. <laughs> I'm actually going to take Daniel Gafford from Arkansas. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. They need someone to replace Boogie, and also they need someone who can actually play on the floor with superstars. The thing I love the most about Gafford, and the more I watch him, the more this kind of hits me, the dude can run the floor really yes, well. Yes, he can. Really yes, well. he can. He is fun to watch in transition. He has enough athleticism. Obviously, he's you know he's no speedster down the middle of the lane, but I like that he can trail. I like that he can pass. I like that he can dribble a little bit too. He's well coached. Three year guy at Arkansas. He's senior now at Arkansas, I should say. I think it'll be he'll fit well with Kerr. Uh, Gold, Golden State's going to need a replacement for uh, Boogie, so I'm not. Uh, that would not be surprise me if Gafford's available too. Um, 29, I San Antonio from Toronto. I'm assuming you got the same thing. Yep, me too. I got uh, Akpala from Stanford. And I, okay. I like the fact that he could probably play the two or the three he, in, and with that lineup. And let's just face it, outside of DeMar DeRozan, they really don't have a – I would consider a really good wing. And I think that he could develop into one. Uh, he, can get the, he can play with the ball in his hands. He can play without the ball in his hands. I just think this is a, just, just sounds like a Spurs pick. That's fair. I like that one. I, li- I like Okpala to the Spurs. I have a 29. I actually have them taking Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. I had them taking Dumbia before their draft and stash, or he can come in. For me, the Spurs just they need to restock down low. They took a Chemezi Methu last year from USC, and he's been up and down between San Antonio and their G League team in yeah, Austin. So Absolutely. I think Bassey's a good fit. All right. At 30, we both have the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind. No, you're not. No, you're not. Do we? I wonder if we have the same we do, pick. We do. <laughs> is it Nasreed? It is Nasreed. <laughs> yes, it is. Of course. Yes. I, I mean, I've seen him as high as like 10, and I don't get it. But I think this is a chance to take a, a gamble on him, you know? 
Why not? If you're Milwaukee, like you have you have space for him too. Because remember, they're not going to be able to bring back all of their big guys next year in Brooke Lopez and Nikola Mirotic and Ersan Ilyasova. Like they're not going to be plus Giannis is basically a big. They have to give Middleton money. Nas Reed's just a really good athletic big they can bring off the bench. And also, we we talked about this in, a, in our last podcast about how important it is for certain players to get drafted by certain mm-hmm. teams. Nas Reed needs to get drafted by a coach who knows what they are doing. Mike Budenholzer very much knows what he's doing, especially with big men. I think Nas Reed will flourish in Budenholzer's um, system. I agree. I think he will spend most of the year in the G League. However, I think that might not that oh, will not sure. be a bad thing. Um, as a lifelong Milwaukee Bucks fan, I would uh, I like projects. It gives me. Someone to watch grow up. I, I like their pick last year, Deep Incenzo, um, even though, he, I mean, where's he going to play? They, they're so loaded right now. So I, I just, um, I think the Bucks are going to make a smart decision. They have the last three drafts. So I, I think this is a good pick. Dude, I have a, Dude, I have a, a random prediction about the Bucks in the postseason. At some point, randomly, Dante DiVincenzo is going to hit a huge, like, playoff game-altering shot out of nowhere, and it's going to set Twitter on fire. I can't wait. It has to happen. We have yeah, to get That's one. what happened last year in the tournament, so I can, I can, I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. Uh, Tony Snell stinks. Um, we'll just we'll <laughs> just say Middleton gets a, a hurt ankle or something in game uh, something. And DiVincenzo mm-hmm. comes in and just pops a couple threes, and we're all good. Comes in, they're down five. Maybe Bledsoe gets an, you know, maybe DiVincenzo hits a three, then Bledsoe gets an and one back-to-back possessions to put him up by one or something crazy. Who knows? It'll be it'll be a fun one. Michael, where can the people at home find your fully written-out mock uh, draft? My walk draft will be, uh, if you go to Maximum Hoops NBA on Twitter, I will have it posted probably the next day or two, and uh, you can check it out there. And for me, for everyone at home, go to youtube.com slash chat sports TV or just search chat sports on YouTube. You can find my full first round mock draft. If you go on the channel and just search NBA draft, you'll see my cute face telling you how, you know, Ty Jerome, the best white shooter in this year's draft. It's going to get picked in the first round. I can't wait. He's going to get picked in the first round and everyone's just going to be like, who's Ty Jerome? Who's that guy? And then the Pacers are going to use him. He's going to be a 15-year vet, and he's going to be like 15th all-time in threes or something. You you might be (laughs) onto something. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Michael, thank you for your first official mock draft on the Believe in NBA Prospect Show. I'm sure we will have like 15 Oh, at least. At least. (laughs) All right, Michael. I will see you next week. Remember, everyone at home, go follow him on Twitter at Maximum Hoops NBA. Go follow me on Twitter at SportsCene. As always, please, 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 Go like and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Leave a five-star rating and review. And again, go follow Believe Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all of the best podcasting entertainment that you will find anywhere on the interwebs. That's going to do it for me and Michael. We will see you guys next week for another edition of the Tanking Support Group. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.